0: The way we power the world is changing, and you can help lead that change with Chevron Renewable Energy Group's Endura Fuels, a complete line of high-quality bio-based diesel solutions for fleet, marine, and rail that enables reduced carbon intensity and improved engine performance, all while helping you work towards profitability targets. Join us as we lead the way toward a lower-carbon future now. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're gonna have to take into consideration. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Net Zero Carbon, the show here at Freight Waves, where we focus on decarbonization through a lens of freight, fuels, and energy. Today I've got the pleasure of being jo- joined once again by Serge Chemchula, head of ecosystem at Transporion. And welcoming a first timer to the show, Marcelo Marcal, Logistics Purchasing Director for Electrolux Group, focusing in Europe. Hi, guys. Thanks for joining.
1: Thanks for receiving us, Tyler. It's a great pleasure. And okay. I was waiting for that. Thanks
0: for
1: the invitation. My pleasure.
0: I think this is going to be a really good episode. We've, we've had Transporting on in the past, we've looked at some different products and offerings, um, and you guys have done a wonderful job evangelizing sustainability across the entire supply chain for freight and logistics. Um, this is the first time, though, we get to bring on a customer and hear from a customer-facing story exactly what the focuses are and how we're delivering on these you know, very ambitious goals in many cases. So why don't we start there? Why don't we let Marcelo give a little bit of a background on your role, Electrolux, and where you guys are focusing specifically on decarbonization and freight and logistics? Thank you, Tyler.
2: Yeah, I'd like to start with the Let's Rules group, because we, we'd like to call ourselves Global Appliance company. That has been shaped living for the better for the last 100 years. Yes. So, our area is to reinvent taste, care, and well being experience to make the life of our consumers better. And we, we have some strategic drivers which are sustainable, create better experience experiences and our steeple. We have a purpose called this shape living for the better. The reason is. With, uh, this is the reason why we come to work every day, you know, in everything that we do, every problem we design, every idea and human interaction, we try to shape living for the better. So this is our main purpose of editing. And, and when it comes to uh, sustainable strategy, we have what we call the For the Better 2030 program, which basically we are... Uh, Trying to act sustainable in everything we do, bringing that to the design of our products, the services we are provide to our customers, and consumers, and how we we drive our supply chain as well. So this basically this is the the highlights of the introduction of anything. Else.
0: Excellent. I think that's a that's a really noble, ambitious goal, and I love that it's not just customer obsession like you see in many firm mission groups, but it's it's kind of human experience obsession that you guys get to move towards. That's that's wonderful. Serge, why don't you remind everybody a little bit about your role and uh, about Transporian? Yeah, um, Head of Ecosystems. The Ecosystems converts
1: in a kind of wider definition of partnership, including uh, academia, research, and uh, stakeholders in the industry, independent whether they are users of our transport logistics platform uh, in transport Um uh, we have the mission, we had already the mission in 2020 to bring logistics in sync with the world. Uh, but in 2020, we we took one more step and we uh, talked to the stakeholders in the industry in the industry leaders, to which extent we can force, strongly foster sustainable solutions for logistics. Yeah. Marcello MacArthur uh, with Electrolux was one of those. Uh, and... Uh, in 2021, in autumn twenty one that led uh, to uh, turn from bringing logistics in sync with the world into bringing logistics in sync with a sustainable world. And uh, in the meantime, uh, we have not only uh, taken the time of our customers to tell them how they could foster their way to decarbonize logistics, but we have also taken action on our end, uh, becoming a science-based reduction target. Uh, uh member and and uh decarbonizing all operations as well
0: you gotta walk the walk if you're going to bring customers along for the journey i love that that's actually a really good segue too because that's something that's becoming more and more common as customers are now um or as companies are now being pushed to operationalize or deliver on some ambitious goals that we've set in the past um, so why don't we talk about some of those targets briefly um, marcelo if you could say you know what some of those 2030 targets are in relation to logistics um, and then, Serge, maybe for you as well, is that a net zero SBTI target? You know, what what level of ambition are you guys discussing? Let's start with Marcella. Yeah, I mean, it, it's important that we define the
2: time. So back in 2016, we set the ratio to reduce 80% of our emissions in scope one and scope two by 2025, and 25% of reductions in scope three. So basically, We are now in 2022, and uh, the results of 2022 so far tells us that we have already uh, achieved our targets three years ahead of time. Meaning, for scope one and scope two, we have reduced more than 82% of our emissions, many operations, and going into the utilization of our products. And more than 25% in terms of the distribution of, of our goods. So these are, uh, let's see, our ambitious that have really been achieved so far, but we are not stopping there. We are going for to be carbon-neutral by 2030 in operations.
0: That's close to as ambitious as it gets when we talk carbon neutrality. Serge, care to come?
1: I had to look up the numbers, to be fair. Uh, yes, we try to adhere to the 1.5 degree uh, uh, temperature increase uh, limitation. Uh, That converts into reducing our Scope 1 and Scope 2 emissions from greenhouse gas uh, emissions uh, by 42% uh, by 2030 based on 2019. And our Scope 3 greenhouse gas emissions should be reduced by 25% by 2030 as uh, two intermediate goals to achieve uh, carbon uh, net zero to be precise by uh, 2045 latest. And uh, that was an exercise, actually, which was uh, helping us a lot to understand also the situation our customers are in and what are the difficulties. Uh, If I remember when we tried, I mean, everyone can easily get its scope one and scope two emissions, uh, installing sensors or looking at sensors other people have installed. Once you get to your scope three emissions, you're going to get blind from one moment to the other. Uh, That was really exciting to see. And the other thing is, uh, in the first instance, we thought it's only us, uh, uh, an IT supply chain uh, uh, company, uh, which has 84% of uh, Scope 3 emissions, such a huge amount of. In the meantime, I learned that the average of the industry is 80, uh, uh, including, including the chemical industry. So
0: quite a lot of interesting learnings at our end. Yeah. If you start digging down the the carbon accounting rabbit hole, you'll learn pretty quickly that scope three is the beast that everybody is trying to understand. I liken it to, if you've been to the eye doctor, which all three of us are wearing glasses, I'm sure you have, um, when you're getting your prescription checked and they change the lenses on you and you can see the letters directionally, it's fuzzy. We know it's big, but the closer we get, the better we can see. So more data is always better in defining what that scope three looks like and clearly more guidance. Um, Thank you both for setting the stage on that. Why don't we Why don't we talk next about some of the strategies and actions you're taking to achieve those ambitious targets? I mean, Marcelo, we're talking in the next seven years, probably six six figures every year of annual CO two e emissions coming out of just the logistics piece. So, when you start slicing that up into achievable bits, what does that look like for your group? What are some of the strategies you're pursuing? Yeah,
2: you know, Tyler, just to give a perspective of how much. Uh, That which is a meeting in terms of the uh, distribution of our goods, Uh, we need uh, two-thirds more in distribution of our goods compared to the production of goods. So there is a big impact of the transportation in all of the land, air, ocean. And just to give an idea, we're talking about 450,000 metric tons as the starting point for us. And our target, trade identified, is to reduce that that to nearly 299,000 metric tons. So nearly 160,000 metric tons is what we are talking about reducing. And as I said before, we already achieved that target three years ahead, but we we're not stopping there. And and, and what we're trying to do is to apply strategies for, for transitioning from the or um, most polluting transport was to less polluting, meaning we're trying to shift part from traditional diesel road transportation to intermodality, to rail. And when we we stay in the road part, we are also promoting this transition from more and friendly equipment. Oh, we've been uh, utilizing electric since 2019 at the Rattulus. And now we have, we are heavily investing in the supply base so they can make this transition to more sustainable vehicles like the biodiesel, the HVO, the bioland Git drugs. And
0: and we are uh, succeeding at that, not only in Europe, but on a global pace. Those are all important initiatives. Serge, do you care to comment on a few of those strategies? I know we'll plug our friends over at um at Black. Just coming off Smart Freight Week recently, all of those things that Marcelo is mentioning are, are clearly high on the importance of shippers. How, to, how are you going to comment on how we're doing at achieving some of those?
1: Uh, indeed. So uh, well, maybe I can uh, answer from two different angles. The one the one is uh, how we frame uh, these undertakings and maybe a bit of, of impression from last week's Smart Freight Week. Yeah. Um and how the industry reacts. Uh, So on one hand, we have to decarbonize, we have on one hand, these long-term solutions. Uh, And I do count uh, alternative vehicles and fuels and energy uh, sources, uh, including the infrastructure and the financing into the long-term solutions. Uh, For example, in Europe, trucks which will be still able to to come into operations, uh, so ICE, internal combustion engine uh, based trucks, uh, in 2035, they will operate for another 17 years on average. So this is not not something short term. Also, a uh, serial production of uh, electric vehicles starts in 2027. So last year, for example, only 5000 electric uh, HGVs have been uh, registered. Uh, I know it appears that there were much more than those, but this uh, more like every social media post equals one truck, electric truck. Uh, so this is a long-term thing. An important thing, it's part of the solution. It's just not the only solution, so to speak. And uh, shift, enabling uh, a stronger rail and intermodal network or a strategic network open optimization are other long-term solutions. And then... Uh, then we have these short-term abatement solutions, as the World Economic Forum is calling them. And the importance of those is that uh, uh, until these uh, long-term solutions uh, come into effect, all the emissions going into our atmosphere will stay there. So what is the difference if we if we act now or if we wait? The difference is one-third of the entire uh, uh, balance sheet of our greenhouse gas emissions. One-third, which is not going to disappear from one moment to the other, even if we reach net zero uh, at 2050, for example. And therefore, these short-term abatement solutions are needed. And actually, we need to take action here as we speak. Uh, so most of these, uh, not all, are uh, related to digitalization and or based on digitalization, uh, and it starts with tactical and operational level like route and load optimization, uh, empty mile reduction, demurrage uh, reduction. Echo driving is uh, free of any digital solution as we speak, for example. Uh, but also collaborative sourcing, execution uh, of modal shift and procurement and emission uh, combinations. Um, so this is, this is more or less uh, what I see, uh, how, how I frame that. Uh, Going back into the Smart Freight Week, uh, I found two, uh, I would say, directions uh, as a result of that. The one more from the shipper side. Many shippers are very much focused on the uh, conversion from this internal combustion engine to alternative uh, energy-driven trucks in particular. Uh, As said, that's nice. But it's not a golden ticket. It's not gonna solve all the problems on it on itself. Uh, apart from nitty gritty details, which don't need, which shouldn't be ignored, but it's only part of the solution. And it's and that solution comes into effect very late stage only. And the other thing which I heard from large logistics service providers that was a bit disappointing. There was a lady, and I'm not going to 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 uh, quote the the company name, of course. But the large leading uh, logistics service provider on the globe said more or less like we don't have any idea who is doing our transports, which we do subcontract, what happens there, how we can decarbonize. We have pretty much no chance to do so. So uh, let's buy carbon credits to the extent possible. That's all we can do, which I don't think is the way forward in all fairness. So having, having tried to give you two answers on one question
0: that's a great one we could take that a million different directions i'll comment on just a couple things one um we won't even go down the rabbit hole of carbon credits but i that's a whole conversation i see some value uh in interim offsetting but i also see lots of risks obviously um it's interesting to hear that that's part of the conversation and i will say you mentioned a few things that are super important one collaboration i think that's part of the reason for this call right discussing how transporian and electrolux are working together to achieve some of these targets but it doesn't just require a long term let's wait and see what happens if i'm trying to lose weight i can't plan on losing that last 20 pounds on the last day of the diet plan i've got to change my behavior on the front end and and work with my constituents my trainer my family the grocer there's lots of people that are going to have a responsibility for helping me in that even though the effort is my own so let's talk a little bit kind of with that framing marcelo like What's changing within your purchasing, or what would you like to see changing from your suppliers to help you guys move faster on your decarbonization plan? And I'll, I'll tee up one more question as a subset to that. We have to be able to track those changes, right? In that, in that analogy, I've got to have a scale so I can track my results. What are some of the ways we're engaging with our suppliers to be able to track progress?
2: Well, that's actually a great passion, mean, um, When it comes to purchasing strategies, and um, as we have this long-term target, so we are also thinking long-term when we are selecting our supply. So basically, uh, we're not selecting a supplier to stay with us for a couple of years. Instead, if we ask these suppliers to invest in new technologies, less impacting in terms of emissions, they also need to have the uh, security that they would invest, and they will stay with us for long years. And that is about what what's happening. So one thing is to select supply the have the profile to invest in this new technology. And the other thing is to work with them to select which is the best option for the organization. You're talking about your diet, you no? Know? So our feet in order to cut our, our set, the biggest cut we are doing through intermodality and rail, that's for sure. But then the other part that remains, which is the road transportation, we are now working not only with the truck manufacturers, but also with our uh, transport carriers. So guys, these are the vehicles that are out there, and we are willing really to support you in the investment plan if you go for these technologies. And by the way, stay with us for X many years uh, of collaboration. So. To me, this is this is key. And every day, and this is part of my passion and my work. Day, every day, I'm calling suppliers, I'm calling the OEMs. We are promoting events to explain how can we do this transition. And we have been very successful at that. And uh, that's why we, we got also invitation to participate in many different uh, discussions around the topic. And it it's also very uh, pleasant to see that we had, we have progressed so far. But also, it tells me that so much more can be done just by working in collaboration.
0: Start working toward your lower carbon goals today with Chevron Renewable Energy Group's Endura Fuels, a complete line of quality renewable fuel solutions available now. To learn more, visit regi.com. Yeah, you almost find hidden wins that you didn't know were there because you're deepening ties and understanding each other's businesses a little bit better. And you mentioned education is a key piece of that too. I find a lot of times, especially with mid to smaller tier suppliers in the freight logistics, sometimes it's even a resource constraint where yes, I may know that there's additional reporting or additional data that I need, uh, but I need someone to help me figure out how to get that efficiently and to be able to communicate that to every every stakeholder upstream. Serge, care to, to comment on maybe even that data collection piece and engaging up and downstream suppliers and sharing that? Yeah, data
1: sharing. Yeah. What a short uh, term and what a what a long topic if we dec- discuss it uh, to the extent. No, actually, um, in, in our proposal to decarbonize, uh, the beginning, of course, is always to get the data together and to, to get a robust view on where we are and uh, already there, we struggle with uh, uh, data sharing from side from by the side of the carrier. And it's there is a rumor which is uh, absolutely wrong. This is that it was the smaller carriers which uh, don't have the ability to get primary data from trucks, etc. So it's very often the commercial relation or the trust between the shipper and the carrier which is not there. And in that sense, uh, the approach from, from LA to Rux. To have long term relations, trustful relations with the supplier base is the precondition to enable data sharing. I, I, in all fairness, I have to say, I see large carriers sharing more than 90% of, of their data, of, of the insights. The shippers do not have to see all the nitty gritty details of the insights with their shippers, and the same carrier shares only 1% with another shipper. I think that really speaks for itself. In that sense, the, the, the close relation to uh, carriers is highly important as Electrolux uh, is performing that. And uh, in particular, on the way to decarbonize, uh, we have to understand that uh, these investment strategies, for example, into a, a truck technology, First of all, these trucks are, as we speak, approximately 3.5 times as expensive as a conventional truck. So that's quite an investment. And then it it is supposed to be in use for in total 17 years. This makes it a really strategic decision. And if you have in in balance a one-year contract with a a shipper, well, that's not a good uh, precondition to go for such investments with such high risks. We have to understand that. And there are uh, also uh, some financial institutions which try to help both shippers and logistics service providers to, to find a good balance between the risk and the investment, because that is really needed. Otherwise, uh, we, we are on the wrong page if we just want to wait uh, for the carriers to move on their own without any coverage from the shipper side.
0: Got a lot to unpack there, um, especially on the equipment and the technology piece. Depths of relationships, financing constraints, um, but that's going to have to be another show because we just don't have time to dive into that one. I would love to make sure we come back and and hear from Marcelo. Um, what's next? Meaning, we've we've got a strategy, we've got targets, we are engaging, we're actively engaging. Is there another lever that we need to pull, or or what's missing to move faster? Is it policy? That's, that's a very Is good it, question. Just- uh, Tax the dollars, we, is it all about technology about or are this, there no just mind, continued mind shift and business model uh, changes that need to happen are, are in order to make the your new suppliers help you deliver
2: The electric drug part? which it's hard to implement because we don't have public infrastructure for the kind mean, and I think that will be in the future, but then you need to act on it. So if you don't have it, let's go invest it. We have the luxury at the left rules to make this investment and we are I mean, at our own facilities to promote the development of technology. But to me, it's it's really about the very thing about these things, what we can do together. So in the other collaboration groups that we are participating, we are always inviting for new ideas, how can we overcome the challenges? And in yoga, you asked me, what's next? I think that the key is the involvement of the other groups that are, Part of the problem, but also part of the solution. And here we'll give you data. Uh, last year, we invited 100 of our top suppliers and worldwide alums to participate in the CDP disclosure. So they are disclosing what they are emitting in terms of of CO2. And 100% attended our request. So that means that is the willingness of our supply list to do this change. Oh. But as you mentioned, that is the challenge of of the the government and the public farm that maybe needs to accelerate a bit more. And I know the European Commission is doing also a good job at that because there is money available. We just need to to channel this money to, to the right uh, to the right crop. and and we are part of that. And I want to continue, continue to be part of these conversations, but maybe not. Not many people are, are, are yet aware of this, involved in these conversations. And here, this uh, this conversation we are having today, I hope this will reach other companies, other people that are interested in making this progress, because there are lots of tables of suggestions out there. Uh, we cannot meet every single one of them, as, long, as much as I, I would love to, But there are opportunities for everyone to to participate, contribute, and also be part of this change. We're committed, as we call it, to drive the change uh, in transportation, at our pieces, and also for the health of our planet.
0: That's really encouraging to hear. And hopefully that's the takeaway for many of our listeners on this show is, uh, to borrow Electrolux's uh, tagline, let's shape living for the better it's a mindset change and it's do more let's continue to engage with our stakeholders let's learn let's report let's make the changes we need to make and if there are constraints or challenges let's involve and and broaden the net to have the conversation of oh, this is too expensive or I can't bear that entire cost or it doesn't fit with my model the more we talk and the more we proactively work together this you know you give engineers and motivated people and logistics professionals enough time and money and willingness we can figure it out I'm confident. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Um, Serge, you've, you've been on the show a couple of times, so I'll, I'll reframe this question for you. But Marcelo, as a first-timer, I always ask guests to come on the show. What's your personal motivation for getting up, going to work, and trying to tackle decarbonization initiatives or, or bringing sustainability into your day job? What is that motivation for you?
1: Yeah, I must say that in that sense, uh, transparent is merely in a luxury position. Because it's at the bottom of our heart to bring uh, logistics in sync with the world, it, we just ad- had to add one more dimension and focus on it. And uh, I have the pleasure to 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 foster uh, sustainable solutions to the extent I want within the organization, which is yeah, like a dream job, right? Uh, maybe I shouldn't be paid for that. Even uh, and uh, let me give you it's it's when I was at the university, uh, which is obviously a few years back. Uh, Nike had a claim, just do it. And this is exactly the situation we find ourselves in. And coming back to to the point uh, uh, Marcello raised before, intermodal transport, which indeed, from my point of view, is one of the levers uh, to achieve net zero transportation. Uh, Well, uh, on one hand, we performed in collaboration with ALIS, the Alliance for Logistics Innovation Through Collaboration, a study uh on the rail system and the shortcomings and the weaknesses and the main point found was that uh shippers claim that uh there is no good integration of intermodal and rail solution into other supply chain solutions so we said let's do it let's do it and we f- before doing so we asked our own shipper society uh, in total 1300 uh, accounts uh if they would consider to book intermodal transport over our platform straightforward. I mean, we, we have, uh, like the industry does, uh, some 7% uh, transports booked intermodally anyhow, but to to a larger extent. And I was a bit skeptic, and it's still a forward-looking statement. However, 95% of our customer bases said, yes, we, we will likely or in any case do that. 25% said we will for sure do that. The other seventy percent said we will very likely do that. Only five percent said probably we would not do so. And then we asked them how much of your volume would be concerned, and the answer on weighted average was fifteen percent, which is about double of the intermodal market share of today. So the option is there to double. And we know from studies in the fast-moving consumer good industry that if you look just on the on the uh, shipment level, you could move. by by lead time, by uh, accuracy, etc., you could easily move forty percent of your road transport to intermodal. Uh, we just don't do it because we are stuck in old habits, in old school approaches where we make a tender and four years later we still execute all the transports on what on the same lane as we as we defined it in the very beginning. It all goes road if we once found a shipment which is was super urgent. And we want to make an end for that. To that, so our goal was to facilitate, to facilitate our shippers booking intermodal transport over our platform. We partnered with a couple organizations, just like the Rail Cargo Group, which is the second largest uh, road and uh, rail and intermodal operator in Europe for freight, uh, to uh, to uh, make a good I- deep integration. So with that, everyone can benefit from that and the shift to um, other modalities, then road is getting much easier for the shipper. And it's a question really of ease of use, single sign-on principles. That is That all together, of course, is great fun, I have to say.
0: (laughs) It is great fun. And that's a good call out because it's impactful, right? That's 60 to 70% emissions reductions when you shift to rail over road, at least. And making it easy, I think, is the other key component there too. If we take away some of those operational constraints on the planning side, and we're serving up better data alongside cost and transit time, where people can now see the emissions impact of these procurement decisions, Uh, Marcelo, I know looking at your report that you guys have a logistics dashboard that you're incorporating a lot of these metrics now into the actual procurement exercises, and we weren't doing that previously. So I'm confident now that we're making these changes because we have better data and access to make these decisions. I think it's the right thing, Tyler. Because, With you know, that, let me turn it want back want over to Marcelo to, to bring us home. As kind of that to, first question I asked:
2: uh, Why does this matter you know, to you to, personally? To, um, to succeed sustainability as, as your day job in the future, also for our kids, well, the next generations, and it's about uh, doing the right thing, and and doing the right thing is not that difficult. If we think in the same way in my particular job, what I'm trying to do is to promote the best uh, uh, transport solutions for our consumers for our customers so they can choose what is the most sustainable way of transport. But it's about giving these options, the the choice to to, to the consumers. Sir it was mentioned about the the modality part. And if if I can hold on that, back in 2017, we would utilize in average between 15 to 17% of our shipments of finished goods at the latter Europe uh, utilizing rail and intermodality all online. Our running rate of the last two weeks has been 62, 61%. So 61% of our finished goods that are reaching our customer and the distribution centers, uh, they have been delivered under either intermodal or rail direct because we also have the orphan since in rail connected. But when we set this ambition a few years ago, I personally thought, maybe this is not possible to achieve, but it's possible. It's all about doing the right thing, doing the right choices, but also set strategies and setting some ambitions when you are selecting the, the transform parents, when you are defining the lanes that you're were, going you were to utilize. And we've been doing that every year, increasing a bit more, a bit more. And also we we are now, in this moment, working in the profile of the suppliers. Okay, we chart the suppliers that have the same vision as a natural group, because we work with these guys. Dog, garment, traditional, transport, concrete. Eventually you got to work for somebody else, maybe the competition. But for us, we have to share the same Vision of the same uh, framework and share the same stand on visions. So that's that's uh, and how I would like to conclude it in this part because we can do it. It's about the, taking the decision, pick the the will.
0: I love that, that's super encouraging. Um, and to borrow phrases from both of you right there, like it's hard to shape living for the future to make it better. Um, but just do it, <laughs> and Thank we you can get there. there. But to be I love here that. You. Thank you both for your insight and for your expertise and for the work you're doing. It's meaningful. Thank you. Um, hope the listeners enjoyed the show and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much, Tyler. It was a great pleasure. Thank you. Start working toward your lower carbon goals today with Chevron Renewable Energy Group's Endura Fuels, a complete line of quality renewable fuel solutions available now. To learn more, visit regi.com. There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going
2: to have to take into consideration.